Oh, hello there. It's the titular Matt Stewart letting you know that I'm going to be in Sydney, Australia, and then Brisbane, Australia, doing uh, short runs of my show, Dryer Dryer. Sydney from the 8th to the 12th of May, Brisbane from the 16th to the 19th of May. Hey, but also, you might not know this, I'm doing a live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart in Sydney on the 13th of May and in Brisbane on the 14th of May. Holy moly, am I looking forward to these shows uh, please get tickets for all of these now. If you use the discount code do go on, that might work. I'm not sure, but worth a try. Really hope to see you there. Um, Sydney especially. Please come along. Brisbane also, though you're buying tickets earlier, better. Sydney lift, please. All right, I'll see you soon now. On with the show. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and our first guest this week is doing an encore performance of his hit show, Electric Dreams, at this year's Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It's Cameron James. Oh my God, it's amazing to be here via Zoom. <laughs> Come on, how technology has changed, isn't it's it? It's crazy. It's crazy. It used to be just a tin can and a string but now look at us it's like a lot of people say that covid was bad for society but yep. it really brought zoom into our lives totally also it was fake i think covid <laughs> i think <laughs> that's just my opinion but we can get into a deeper later i have a lot of thoughts <laughs> what do you do scam demic is that the kind of term you might use that's what it says on my t-shirt yeah <laughs> Our second guest is performing a brand new show at the festival and at many festivals actually called A Bit of Fun. It's Kirsty Wiebeck. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. So you're you're doing it a bit different. Cam's coming back to do one big <laughs> night of his show and you're just you're probably doing about a hundred dates of your new show. Is that about right? Yeah, that's about right. Um, Cam's <laughs> got the right idea. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Next year before I announce my tour, I'm going to call Cam up and go, what should I do? Yeah. <laughs> just do one night. <laughs> and then we all we all should just do one night and then just quit comedy, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think comedy served its purpose now. <laughs> yeah, it's done. Ready to move on. <laughs> Where are you doing the show, Kirsty? Melbourne, obviously. Uh, what have I got left? I've got Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney, Brisbane, Perth. At this stage, Sick. I'll, I'll probably do a bit of regional stuff later in the year, but yeah, that's what's set in stone for now. Going to Edinburgh? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. I mean, that's not how I pronounce it, but, okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Aaronsboro? <laughs> Aaronsboro, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I am. I am Aaronsboro's in Aaronsboro. Back. 
Aaron's Rose back. Yeah, the Ramsey Street Comedy Festival. (laughs) Doing it, doing a gig at the Ramsey Street Comedy Festival would be so much cheaper than Edinburgh. (laughs) (laughs) They should set up a stage in the middle of the cul-de-sac of Ramsey Street. Thing that uh, Zuckerberg should be doing with his whole metaverse, right? Yeah, he should be creating a, a Ramsey Street in there where we can go and do a festival. <laughs> I want to send him an email. <laughs> hey, Zoo, <laughs> gonna hit you with some ideas. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the show. How it works is for new listeners, I ask a relatively obscure trivia question, and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one, and they have to guess which one is correct. <laughs> All right, here is question number one. This one comes from Lewis Gemmel from Glasgow. And Lewis's question is, what does thagomizer mean? What does thagomizer mean? Hmm. Okay. While you're writing your answers, I'll explain how the scoring works to the audience. So, contestants get a point. If their fake answer is guessed by the other contestant, and another point if they correctly guess the answer. And by the way, I'm also playing as the house. I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question, and I get a point for each one of those that our guests choose as well. So each of us can score up to two points per round. Seems fair, but the probability actually favours me, the house, and the house always wins. Though if you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that that is rarely the case. Anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. If you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash pod, which is linked in the show notes. The answers are in. So let's go back to our first question. What does thagomizer mean? The trick box used by magicians performing the saw a person in half trick. Hmm. A piece of medical equipment used in tonsillectomies. A lathing machine that stitches rubber to fabric used primarily in the automotive industry. The four-spiked tail of a stegosaurus or a device used to permanently fit a merkin. <laughs> permanently? permanently. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to love this fake pubic hair forever. forever. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's incredible. You don't hear of Merkins very often anymore. No. It, when I think of Merkin, I think of comedy in 2004 or 5. <laughs> yeah. it's, that was a, a buzzword <laughs> from back then. So good. I love it. Um, okay. Oh, the, what was the second one? Can you read the second one? Uh, I'll just qu- I'll quickly go through them all if you like. Cool. So, you got the trick box used by magicians, mm-hmm. uh, medical equipment from tonsillectomies, lathing machine, Stitches, rubber to fabric, the tail of a stegosaurus, or the Merkin fitting device. Okay. I, I feel like I have confidence in one of okay. them. Great. Can I lock in the second one? The uh, orthodontic- Medical equipment? Yeah, the medical equipment. Yep. You sure can. Locking wow. that in for Cam. I'm sweat- sweating. I've <laughs> never been more stressed in my life, and it's only round one. <laughs> Six more to go. <laughs> Will I survive? (laughs) (laughs) I will... I think I'll say the... Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You want to say Merkin, I can tell. (laughs) I love choosing the gag one, but... (laughs) The third one's... It's stitching rubber to fabric, isn't it? That's right, yep. I I was going to go with that, but I'm like... Under what circumstances would you be stitching rubber to fabric? 
Well, yeah, in the automotive industry. Yeah, I don't know, I guess. Oh, nah. <laughs> I thought I had a... Oh. Maybe like, yeah, seat covers or, you know, those mats. You know, the feet mats. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Good on you. Okay. <laughs> I've, been oh. in car- I've been in cars before, Kirsty. <laughs> yeah, we get it, Matt. You know your way around the vehicle. <laughs> Bit of a rev head. <laughs> All right, Hoon. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go number one. The magician's Magicians. Box. All right, locking that in for Kirsty. Wow. Well, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, device used to permanently fit a Merc, and that was the house. Uh, a lathing <laughs> machine, which stitches rubber to fabric. That was Cam James. Oh, oh man, I was so close just then. I was, cl- I almost oh. had it. I almost had it. That was crazy. Well, wait, and you, it's hard to defend your answer as well because <laughs> it would be a bit transparent. You, oh no, there's heaps of things that you would stitch rubber to fabric with. I'm so <laughs> grateful that you stepped in with formats. <laughs> you must have been on I'm edge. I'm so sorry. I was I, that's on as edge. good as I could come up with. I'm sweaty um, now. I'm, I feel like how you felt a second ago, Kirsty. I'm so sweaty. Uh, then we had the trick box used by magicians performing the saw a person in half trick, which Kirsty went for. That was the house as well. <gasps> yeah. Do you, oh, do you know what? That, that phrasing at the end of it, that's what made me kick it to the curb the first right. time you said the, it. So, yeah, it's the pretty saw, casual. The saw a person in half trick. Like, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that, that sounds pretty like that's the layman talking right there. That's not. <laughs> well, that, that was written by Lewis Gemmel of Glasgow. So maybe, you, you got know, me, Lewis. So he's obviously not. You don't think he's a pro magician. I don't maybe know, on the yeah. amateur circuit. Absolutely. And nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You got, We've all started somewhere, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we had the medical equipment used in tonsillectomies, which Cam picked. That was Kirsty. Oh, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Got him. What are we? The- that's insane. That's <laughs> cr- that was so well written. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I appreciate it's it. It's funny that we both tried to go for some technical shit that we don't really understand in our <laughs> fake things. God, well, congrats. I got to pay that. That's really good. <laughs> Thanks, uh, mate. And then that means the correct answer was the four-spike tail of a Stegosaurus. It's insane. That is... Great name for it. Great name. With a with a with quite a funny um, origin. It comes from a Gary Larson cartoon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? So, Gary Larson just gets to make up names for anatomy. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck? That doesn't <laughs> sound right, dude. No, no, no. It's, well, so, the idea is that... Um, According to Lewis, the question writer, the name was first used as a joke in a comic by Gary Larson in 1982, but as no name officially existed, it was gradually adopted by scientists and authors as an informal term. (laughs) Wow. Those scientists would have been so pissed off when people started using that legitimately. (laughs) Yeah, and then eventually they're like, well, if you can't beat them, join them, I guess. (laughs) What's next? Fucking the Garfield guys coming up with the names? (laughs) Yeah. It's their whole job is coming up with names for things. <laughs> so funny. Uh, all right. Here's question number two. Oof. What is the nickname of former NFL quarterback Charlie Whitehurst? What is the nickname of former NFL quarterback Charlie Whitehurst? While you're writing your answer, I'll see if I can find some more information about the Thagomizer. 
Uh, there's a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to it. It says, A Thagomyzer is the distinctive arrangement of four spikes on the tails of Stegosaurus dinosaurs. These spikes are believed to have been a defensive measure against predators. The original comic, I'm looking at it now, is a caveman pointing to a picture of a Stegosaurus tail. And then there's a bunch of cavemen watching on, like in a lecture theatre sort of thing. And the caption is, Now this end is called a Thagomyzer. After the late Thag Simmons. Um, so, <laughs> obviously, we're pissing ourselves laughing at the idea of this cartoon you've just described. But also... I mean, a lot of it's in the visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'm missing the, the drawings, the classic Larson drawings. There's a, there's a reason why there's not a podcast dedicated to describing cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Although there is a section on... Um, on the Australian political show, uh, The Insiders, where they, they do that. But I guess you can see them as well. But there's a, the last five minutes of the show is them looking at the political cartoons of the week and reading them. Yeah. yeah I, re- I reckon the key's in being able to see it as well. Yeah, it's a visual <laughs> medium, yeah, for sure. That's why it works. That would be great. Actually, a good podcast idea is maybe just describing magic eyes that you're looking at and just being like... I'm squinting. Oh, no, it's coming to me I'm now. I'm squinting. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's a oh. rocket ship. Yeah. Just looked like a series of colourful dots a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah. God, I wish, you, I wish you guys could see this. It's pretty this spectacular. Great. It's incredible. So three-dimensional. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's question number two. What is the nickname of former NFL quarterback Charlie Whitehurst? Checkmate Charlie. Clipboard Jesus, Chucky Chuckett, the Butterscotch Stallion, or the Green Bay Bay Bay? <laughs> Green Bay Bay Bay. That's my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> i got to go through all those again. They're all really good nicknames. So, so great. Yeah. I'd be happy with any of these. Same. Yeah, I'd be stoked. Should we all choose one at the end? I think we should. And yeah. exclusively go by that for <laughs> the rest good. of our lives. <laughs> so we got check, Checkmate Charlie. Okay. Clipboard Jesus, Chucky Chuckett, the Butterscotch Stallion, or the Green Bay Bay Bay? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. What do you, Have you got any instincts, Kirsty? You feel like oh. you know? I, I absolutely do not know. <laughs> I've got to make up some cooked criteria in my head. I know. To like whittle some of them down. <laughs> yeah, it's like a person I just heard of. <laughs> yeah. What's his nickname? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a visual on him. <laughs> okay, I have no idea. <laughs> I've just got this feeling in my waters yeah. <laughs> that he loves a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you say um, his position? Like, does it say? Uh, yes. Uh, former NFL quarterback. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? I- I'm going to take a wild swing and lock one in. I'm going to lock in Chucky Chuck it. Oh! <laughs> it's crazy, but it sucks. And it's the kind of thing that an idiot would come up with. And <laughs> I'm saying that now in case Kirsty came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ouch. I mean, nothing. <laughs> I was going to go with Chucky Chuck it as well. Oh, it's- wow. It's so bad, but it's so also bad. it's functional. <laughs> yeah, he's makes a sense. quarterback. I I suspect there's a bit of chucking around going on when you're a quarterback. <laughs> you gotta lock that in as well. Nah, I, I can't. I can't. Like I know I can according to the rules. It's your podcast, and you're saying it's fine, but 
This is something inside me going, no, you've got to do an independent one. Yep, no mm. worries. Cam got that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> he called dibs on Chucky Chucky. Yeah. Chucky Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> Chucky Cammy got it before me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's no really good. not. It's not good. <laughs> no, sorry. I hope that catches on so no, bad. No, um, no, no, no. <laughs> please, no, please. <laughs> Checkmate Charlie, Clipboard Jesus, Chucky Chucket, and... The Butterscotch Stallion and the Green Bay Bay Bay. Green Bay 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 is so funny. <laughs> um, Butterscotch Stallion. I just, I love that one so much, like just with no context. Mm. What? He plays football. It's the Butterscotch Stallion. <laughs> yeah. oh. Butterscotch. What does that do? That's sort of like smooth. <laughs> Stallion. <laughs> Stallions are athletic. <laughs> Does it? Chucky Chucky definitely has the most direct line to reality. It truly does. It really does. The rest of them, it's like, what's the link even? Um, Checkmate, he's, he's a big chess player in his spare time. Yeah. Clipboard or he's Jesus. strategic on the pitch. He's strategic. Mm, yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Clipboard Jesus is just like... Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? It's got yeah. a bit of a random name gem- generator vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's our quarterback, Blue Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Um, this is so hard and I'm just going to have to suck it up and do something. So let's go with um, let's go with Butterscotch Stallion. Locking in Butterscotch Stallion. I think I've got a migraine. <laughs> <laughs> This show really does induce COVID-like symptoms (laughs) in the players. Yeah, I can't breathe. Uh, here's who wrote the answers. Checkmate Charlie. That was Kirsty Wiebeck. Oh. Wow. I like that you fake deliberated over it as well. <laughs> Even That's- after I'd locked mine in. <laughs> I riffed on it for half an hour. <laughs> Just in case you changed your mind. <laughs> Trying to win me over. <laughs> That's great. Uh, the Green Bay Bay Bay. That was the house. Wow. Uh, of course it was. The Butterscotch Stallion, which Kirsty went for, that was Cam James. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. I'll tell you why it's so catchy. It's um, That's Owen Wilson's nickname. That's, oh. what, that's what people call Owen Wilson. And apparently it's because um, that's what he likes to be called when he's being intimate. He, it's like a, okay. sex, a sexy nickname that he enjoys wow. being called when he's intimate with his lovers. It's a bit wordy, Owen. <laughs> yeah, you can't really yell that out. There's too many syllables. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cool sounding name, the Butterscotch mm. Stallion. Oh, it's cool as. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Might have a chat to my partner about that. <laughs> you got to come up with a really quick one, I reckon. Something you can just say what? in the heat of the moment. You chucky Chuck it. Yes, yeah, Chucky Chuck yeah. it. Yeah, Chucky Chuck it. <laughs> Uh, Chucky Chucket, which Cam went for, that was written by Alex, a.k.a. The House, the question writer there. Wow. So, another point to The House, meaning the correct answer Thanks, was Alex. Clipboard Jesus. I was uh, I was Whoa. going between Butterscotch Stallion and Clipboard Jesus. Do we know why? Yes. Sort, yeah, sort of. It's basically because <laughs> he's got long hair and a beard and he, was never re- he, he never really... Got to play much, so he's always on the sidelines. I guess they hold a clipboard on the sidelines. Brutal, <laughs> brutal. 
like the Jesus <laughs> losers here again, not getting a good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Apparently, he, he's not a fan of the nickname. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, and, we're, and we're here to perpetuate it. <laughs> yeah, that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Much like Cam isn't a fan of his nickname, Chucky Chuck it. No one's calling me that. Let's not make that a thing, guys. I think everyone should go to your show at the at Max Watts with billboards saying, "Let's go, Chucky Chuck it." <laughs> I don't Chucky, like that. What about it. Chucky Chuckles? Oh, oh you like found a way that. to make it worse. How's that I possible? Like that. Chuckles. I'm going to leave here and I'm going to make my billboard. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! I'm going to be. I'm going to be. I'm going to be in the front row. I'll cancel my show to be at Cam's to get the chant going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even have Charles in my name. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Call me Clipboard Jesus, if anything, for God's sake. <laughs> All right, we're up to question number three. This one was written by Paul McNally from Waterford in Ireland. And Paul's question is, what reason is often attributed to the Mayo men's Gaelic football team having not won an All-Ireland football championship since 1951? What reason is often attributed to the Mayo men's Gaelic football team not having won the big championship since 1951? While you're writing your answers, I'll let the listeners know a little bit more about Charlie Clipboard Jesus Whitehurst. Uh, according to Alex, the question writer, dude was great. Played in the NFL for years and only started a handful of games. Great locks on him. So he looked like Jesus. So I think it's fantastic. Uh, journalist Mike Chappell asked Clipboard Jesus himself if he likes the nickname. And he replied, no. <laughs> Saying, I can't shake it. But what are you going to do about it? Chapel said, oh, well, the nickname might vanish if he trimmed his long hair. Whitehurst replied, not going to happen. So, doesn't like the nickname, but does like the locks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answers are in. So, here's question number three. What reason is often attributed to the Mayo men's Gaelic football team having not won an All-Ireland football championship since 1951? The curse of Declan O'Hare, a local ghost story. Mass immigration has diluted the number of talented players in Mayo relative to other counties. The 1951 team passed a funeral on their victory tour and a priest cursed them for not stopping to pay their respects. They have a long-standing tradition of drinking too much the night before the semi-finals, thus being too hungover for the games, or the club folded in 1952. <laughs> <laughs> These all suck. <laughs> I mean, the, the last one would really be... It would be such a great answer to this question. Why haven't a team won a game since 1951? <laughs> they haven't existed since 1952. That's pretty good. Oh, um, I, I mean, I've got, I'm just going to go for one. I'm going to lock just one in. Just go for it. And uh, I don't even know if, is it racist to lock in the drinking one? Is that is that a technically racism? <laughs> I think it's more racist to have written it, if it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, either way it's not good to be dancing around that one like to write it is one thing but to also be like that's true that has yeah. to be true but i'm i'm gonna lock it in because it's it sounds like the type of thing that a community would come up with as a funny answer so yeah i'd like to lock in that all irish people are alcoholics please <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it might be okay for uh, Australians to say this, as we have the same reputation. So true. I can also. Yeah, so I, it's on um, an even keel. Very Irish. Yeah. It, isn't it also like 
Is today or tomorrow St. Patrick's Day? Today, on the day of recording is St. Patrick's Day. Mm. Yeah, the day we're recording. Because I say this as someone who walked past the Irish pub in St. Kilda this morning at 8.30am and everyone was dressed in green smashing pints at 8.30am. And (laughs) And he thought, something's up here. It it is. Well, then I thought it was tomorrow. So I was like, is this the pre-drinks? Like, are they (laughs) pre-gaming It's like Pride Month. They do St. Paddy's Month. (laughs) Good on them. But also, like, and footy players love a drink, don't they? Yes. And this is Gaelic football. I kind of assume that's similar. So... Yeah, Aussie footy players definitely traditionally love a drink. Maybe I should lock that one in as well. Going to lock that one in, in as well? Nah. No? Nah. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, you're going to do this each round, so I want to yeah. lock in cans, but I've got a moral code saying I can't. <laughs> just, I've got a gut feeling about Declan O'Hare. All right, lock in Declan O'Hare. Also, if, that, if Declan O'Hare isn't true, that's also racist for making the name (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of racism in this round (laughs) all right well let's go through the answers and i really hope that the irish question writer paul mcnally is enjoying the racism so the club uncomfortable the club folding i'm I'm majority irish blood so i feel like it's okay me too i've got irish blood in me as well all right so i think you know our heritage means that we get a It's pass loving. Here. It's coming yeah. from a loving place. Yeah. I mean, my dad's hmm. a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a known alcoholic, so, you know. Um, so, the, the house wrote the club folded in 1952. Uh, That's fine. Then we had uh, mass immigration diluted the number of talented players. Uh, that was written by Paul McNally himself. The house, the only genuine Irish one involved in this round, seemed to... <laughs> Dodge any sort of alcohol-related <laughs> stuff there. Then we had the curse of Declan O'Hare, which Kirsty picked. That was Cam James. Oh, you got me! <laughs> hey, Kirsty, if you think the name Declan O'Hare is racist, my first draft was Paddy O'Hare, <laughs> and then I was like, I can't go with Paddy. That's insane. <laughs> That's too obvious. So I, d- so I dialed it down to Declan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Seamus was somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we had the long-standing tradition of drinking too much the night before. That was written by Kirsty. Oh no! So you You're picked each kidding. other's, which I, I like. <laughs> I did. Wow. Do you know what? The two that you both designated as the most on the nose <laughs> were written by you two. Do you know? I was literally just thinking like footy culture when I was like when I wrote the thing about the drinking and then when Cam was like, that's pretty off, I was like, oh, no. I was like, no, they're, they're playing football. Yeah. Like, that's all they do is booze and play football. Like, yeah. Anyway, I'd like to apologise to any Irish listeners. Me too. Me too. Sorry, Paul. And that means the correct one was the curse of the priest. The funeral. Mm. They didn't stop the funeral and the priest cursed them. So, Cam, your, your curse one was pretty close. Yeah, I was in the ballpark. I actually had a little a chill went down my spine when you read out the word curse for the second time it was almost like the ghost of declan o'hare walked on your <laughs> grave or something uh okay so that means that it's one point to kirsty that round and one point to cam wow Oy. meaning quick score update after three rounds it's kirsty on two points cam on two points and the house on two points wow it's so close it's so close 
You'd never see scores like that in Gaelic football. <laughs> we assume. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah. I think it's actually a pretty cool sport from memory. It's it's it looks pretty badass. I think I've yeah. seen it in the past. Yeah, um, it's it's similar to Aussie rules yeah, but with a soccer ball. With a, a round ball. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, like it's it crazy cool. it hasn't taken off over here. Yeah. All you need is just like a bunch of cool people to start making it a pub thing, like how pickleball is really big in America now or whatever. So pickleball you know, yeah. sounds made up. Is that a real thing? It's real yeah. and it's huge in the state. Pickleball, it. yeah. It's like it's like ping pong, but on a half size tennis court or something like that. Oh. It's really odd little hybrid between yeah ping pong and. Tennis, so we could we could get Gaelic football happening if we. I just was about to say, I think we just it. found our founding three members. Yeah, <laughs> we can, we the can Australian Gaelic Football Association. Let's Absolutely, do it. yeah. There's like celebrities and stuff. Like some of the Hollywood A-listers own pickleball leagues. Mm. Right. Yeah, it's like a, it's a whole thing. We're the Australian equivalent of Hollywood A-listers. <laughs> I think well, so. That, yeah. that, if anyone was going to mm. get it off the ground, it'd be these three A-listers. Yeah, I think, I I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're on to question number four. This one comes from Dylan Old from Myrtleford in Victoria. Beautiful part of the world. And Dylan's question is, which of these is a real species of frog? So, you've just got to come up with a fake frog species. And while you're writing your answers, here's a little more information on the Mayo curse. According to Paul, supposedly the curse was to remain active until all surviving members of the 1951 panel were dead. In the intervening years, Mayo have lost the All-Ireland final 11 times. The last surviving member of the 1951 team, Paddy Prentergast, Cam. (laughs) 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 He was the last surviving member of the team. They do it to themselves. Paddy Prendergast died in September of 2021 at the age of 95. He passed away 15 days after Mayo's 11th finals defeat. And they have not since returned to the All-Island final yet to test the curse. So if they make it to another grand final and win, that will have, that'll prove the curse basically 100% true. All right, your answers are in for question number four. Which of these is a real species of frog? Leaping Knobgobbler. <laughs> Leaping knob gobbler. Hang on, so only one of these is real. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, I'm looking in leaping knob gobbler. <laughs> Before I've heard the others, I already know. Uh, horny three toed tree frog, smat rat, Yellowstone desert frog, or mountain chicken. <laughs> Anything jumping out at you there, Kirsty? <laughs> You, you, if you want to jump in on Knob Gobbler before Cam gets it, <laughs> so you don't break your rule. Maybe this is part of my tactic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the jumping Knob Gobbler. Leaping okay. Knob Gobbler. Yeah. Sorry. Bit of respect. Some parts is known but as yeah, the jumping Knob Gobbler. Leaping Knob Gobbler. Horny okay. three-toed tree frog, smat rat, Yellowstone desert frog, or mountain chicken. <laughs> oh, <God>. Mountain chicken. <laughs> Mm. I hate it. I'm stuck on <laughs> Smat Rat. Smat Rat is rank. Yeah, it's fucking foul. I want to stay away from it. Smat Rat's wrecked my whole week. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sick. <laughs> I'm slipping in and out of consciousness. <laughs> Whoever came up with that, either, either the scientist or one of us, is, I think, some sort of a genius. Yeah. <laughs> 
can't for the life of me imagine who came up with that. Um, <laughs> smat rat, mountain chicken, horny three-toed tree frog. Oof. And then leaping knob gobbler. I think horny three-toed tree frog is also too long for a, a bedroom name, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. Horny, th- horny three, or horny frog, even. Or is horny fine. frog. Yeah, horny, bad. yeah. Horny frog's good. Don't you bring your toes into it. I mean, no. I guess you know, unless that's what. You- yeah, Unless that's, that's what you wanted. That's what you to. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I should. I'd, look, I don't know why I'm even jumping in. Your bedroom, your rules. Yeah. yeah we're true. not here to kink shame. No. Incidentally, but- I've got lovely toes. <laughs> <laughs> Count them. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know what? I'm just actually going to go with my first instinct, which is leaping knob gobbler <laughs> and lock it in. Okay. It feels um, like one of those ones that you is like they didn't know what they were saying back in the day. It just <laughs> yeah, it yeah. meant something different, and then now we think it's funny because it has knob gobbler in it. Yeah, yeah like it, a different it, time. It, it ate these the, the knobby mushrooms. Yeah, of the something local like that. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sleeping knob gobbler. So that's ruled that one out for you if you're sticking with that rule. Yeah, I'm so you've got I horny three-toed tree frog, smat rat, Yellowstone desert frog, or mountain chicken. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I mean, the Yellowstone desert frog legit sounds like a frog, which makes me think that someone's chucked it in there to throw us off the scent. You know, right? <laughs> I've watched Murder She Wrote. I know yeah. how this shit works. <laughs> like, <laughs> who done it? Everyone, it's <laughs> knives out. We're all fucking detectives now, are we? We are. <laughs> we absolutely are. If you are ruling that one out, that leaves horny three-toed tree frog, smat rat or mountain chicken. <laughs> I hate it. I, I hate it. I just don't understand how the rounds are getting worse, like exponentially. <laughs> exponentially worse. Look, just please lock in the Yellowstone one. Will do. Lock in Yellowstone Desert Frog. I'm going full vanilla on the round. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, Horny three-toed tree frog was Kirstie Wiebeck. Oh, pretty good. good. And also, you, again, danced around that one too. (laughs) So clever. Yeah, very (laughs) clever. What a snake in the grass. (laughs) Uh, The Smat Rat, which I love personally. That was written by the house. No. Um, You're kidding me. You are kidding. I think it's a beautiful name for a, a frog. You, or you, a boy or a girl. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote it, Matt. What? Well, look, you know, did I write it in you a lot of ways? Did. <laughs> You're so transparent. What does writing even mean? What does know? it mean? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like you're a vessel for God, really. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I got it from a friend, and it's—I uh, think it's some of their finest work. Um, I don't—I can't name the friend. Uh huh. <laughs> you probably wouldn't know them; they're from a different town. <laughs> uh, what has that left us with? The yellow de- Yellowstone Desert Frog. Kirsty picked that was Cam James. <laughs> oh, is he? He got me. He got me. That's... He got in my head. I let him into my head. <laughs> Two snakes in the grass in this game. <laughs> uh, Cam went for the leaping knob gobbler, which was written by Dylan, aka the house. Oh, oh, Dylan. The correct answer is mountain chicken. Oh, why? I hate it. 
Apparently they taste like chicken, but that you'd call everything chicken then. Ah. Oh. And they're from the mountains. Mm. That's stupid. You're right. I hate that sort of shit. Yeah, like heaps of stuff. Like, what's that thing they say? Like, yeah, yeah, like chicken of the sea. That's that tuna Tuna, brand. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that thing where they call like bull's testicle or goat testicles Rocky Mountain oysters or something like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I hate all all that stuff. Oh, that's good. Apparently, these frogs are real big and their legs are almost like drumsticks. Okay. That does sound yum. And they go. They cover their feathers. I, I did oh read somewhere that they do sound a bit like chickens as well. I they think might, they might be chickens. They might not be frogs <laughs> at all. They're just being they're plucked chickens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was it like a two-year-old that identified these? It could have been a two-year-old. Yeah. Well, that's my favourite thing when like small children misidentify animals. Like, I think it's so funny. It's just like when, <laughs> like when I got my um, puppy a couple of years back, my partner was taking her for a walk and she's always clearly looked like a dog. And this small child stopped his mum on the street and goes, look, mum, look at that boy and his cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from two. <laughs> 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 got him. <laughs> That's so funny. They've never gone for a walk since. <laughs> Just a boy out walking his cat. Thirty-six-year-old woman and her dog, but whatever. <laughs> All right, we're up to question number five. This one comes from Rachel Johnson from Melbourne. Oh, this is another chicken-related question. What was the name of the romance novel released by KFC to celebrate Mother's Day in 2017? Oh, what was wow. the name of the romance novel released by KFC to celebrate Mother's Day in 2017? While they're writing their answers, here's some more information about the mountain chicken. According to Akron Zoo uh, on their website, mountain chicken frogs are found on the islands of Domenica and Montserrat. They get their name from the locals who first discovered the species, claiming its meat tastes like chicken. This species is also commonly called the giant ditch frog, which is also not that friendly, I don't think, of a, for a name. Uh, as one of the world's largest frogs, mountain chicken frogs can jump up to six feet high, soaring over the heads of many human adults. That's wild. I would love a mountain chicken to jump over my head. <laughs> That'd be the best. I think it'd be a nightmare. Having a mountain chicken jump over your head. Yeah, it'd be horrible. It'd be like, oh, like if you were just sitting down on a hill and a frog jumped over your head. Ugh. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm so hungry, I could eat the ass out of a low jumping <laughs> mountain chicken. You know, I'm so hungry, say. I could gobble yeah. the knob of a leaking <laughs> gobnobbler. Gobnobbler. <laughs> I feel stupid for locking that in now, but it felt right. Nah, it did feel right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, while you're still writing your answers, let's go for a quick break. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, the answers are in for question number five. What was the name of the romance novel released by KFC to celebrate Mother's Day in 2017? The Beguiling Stranger. The Colonel's Hot and Spicy Bucket of Love. (laughs) Tender Wings of Desire. Kentucky Fried Lovin' or Zinger for Two. (laughs) Is is anyone else mildly aroused? (laughs) Did somebody say say KFC? (laughs) (laughs) I um, I actually can't believe this is real at all. Um, (laughs) No. It's insane. Like a full novel? Surely not. Surely just like... Apparently 97 pages long. (laughs) That's 97 too long. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Who gets employed to do that? by the Colonel himself. Oh, wow, by the Colonel. But, I I mean, he'd he'd been dead for a while by then, (laughs) I think, so. Feels like maybe. Maybe they made it up. Maybe as a marketing guy. Yeah. Mm. Funnily enough, we're doing this week's episode of the Do Go On podcast is with guest Beck Petratus, and she tells us the... The story of Colonel Sanders. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. I find, yeah, I don't know anything about him, but his, you know, it, it's got to be a good story. Was he really a colonel or is it like Colonel Tom Parker situation with Elvis? I'm, I think, I'm, yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's it's closer to that, I think. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, and, and it's, yeah, it was a very interesting story, but yeah, he didn't come out great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that shocks me. All right, so can we hear him again? Sorry. The Beguiling Stranger, mm-hmm. The Colonel's Hot and Spicy Bucket of Love, mm-hmm. Tender Wings of Desire, Kentucky Fried Lovin', or Zinger for Two. <laughs> mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying, uh, there's really funny ones in there. Zinger for Two is so funny. Um, and so is Kentucky Fried Lovin', but I feel like they would go for something. With a touch of class. Um, that's based what they're on known what for. Based on what? I feel like maybe that's the wrong word. What am I thinking? I think they go for like. Cam's uh, like, have you seen the restaurants? They're beautiful. They're really stunning. Uh, and one of the ones he didn't rule out was the Colonel's hot and spicy bucket of love. Something a bit classy. <laughs> I think I'm drawn to the word desire and I think it's tender wings of desire. And I think I like it because it feels like something, it feels a bit romantic. It feels sweet. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm going to go with tender wings of desire. All right, lock that in for Cam. What do you think, Kirsty? I'm going for Zinger for two. It reeks of Matt Stewart, but I'm locking it in anyway. <laughs> it's got that stink on it, you reckon? It does, it does. All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. The Beguiling Stranger, which is probably the classiest of them all. It might not surprise you to know that was Cam James. I was definitely trying to plant a seed there when I said that. I I thought I thought that was Cam. Yeah, god damn it. My game my gameplay stranger. technique has become too transparent. I need to mix it up. Uh, then we had the Colonel's Hot and Spicy Bucket of Love. That was written by Rachel, a.k.a. The House. Wow. Oh. Good one, As Rach. was Zinger for Two, also written by oh, Rachel. Rachel, Whoa. you got me. 
So that's one point for the house there. Kentucky Fried Love, and that was Kirsty Weebeck. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read it. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning the correct answer is Tender Wings of Desire. Oh. So He's a point it. to Cam there and one point to the house. It felt like a marketing um, name that they would come up with. It's something It's not too smutty. Yeah. You know, it's a bit safe, but it also yeah. references one of their key products that they want to sell, the Wicked yep. Wing. Yeah. And, and first and foremost, and most of note to Cameron James, it's classy. It's classy. <laughs> it's classy. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel, famously classy unit. Um, <laughs> a touch of class. <laughs> That's what the C actually stands for. <laughs> All right, only two rounds to go. Quick score update. We've got Kirsty still on two points, but out in front, Cam and the house on four points apiece. Oh, oh wow. No. Wow. But of course, Kirsty, you'll know this, that the final round is worth triple points. So it's still... Definitely anyone's game. And you've yeah. got you can get two points in this game in this round right here, yeah. leveling up the scores going to the last round. This is question number six. Thanks for cheering me up, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a question number six comes from Emmy White from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And Emmy's question is what happened in Woburn, Massachusetts? That made the news in November 2022. I just want to say as well, uh, not the first time I've heard the word Emmy and Albuquerque, New Mexico mentioned in the same sentence because Breaking Bad was set in Albuquerque and also won some Emmys. So, <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting. Just an interesting thing for us to think about while we're writing our What, what a blatant, dirty grab for a bonus three points. <laughs> And a beautiful name, beautiful name, beautiful place in the world as well. Uh, yeah. So, what happened in Woburn, Massachusetts that made the news in November of 2022? Just Racist answers only. <laughs> it's quite a big Irish uh, expat population in Massachusetts, so... I think it was something to do with the curse of Declan O'Hare. <laughs> While they're writing their answers, uh, here's a bit more information about Tender Wings of Desire. According to Time magazine, the fast food chain revealed a romance novel written by Colonel Sanders just in time for Mother's Day. The 96-page Tender Wings of Desire is set in Victorian England and available on Amazon for free. The novel centres on Lady Madeline Parker, who must choose between a life of order and a man of passion. The man of passion, of course, being Colonel Harlan Sanders himself, a quote, handsome sailor with a mysterious past. Here's a quote from when the heroine first sees the hero, Colonel Sanders. He was tall, dressed like a sailor, with a striped linen shirt and woolen peacoat, crusted with sea salt. His hair was light and fair, framing his head in airy curls, and the eyes that stared back at her were almost the exact colour of the sea, perhaps darker, but not by much, and they hid behind glasses with dark frames. Madeline had never seen a sailor wear glasses before. Somehow it made him seem all the more handsome. He leaned on the bar, his eyes looking into hers and liking what they saw. For a moment, she felt hot and cold all at the same time. Woof, the butterscotch stallion. <laughs> <laughs> I like that like even though it's, it seems like clearly he didn't write it but it's funny to think that he supposedly wrote this and that's how he's describing himself it's confident it's confident yeah it's not probably a 
That's what the C stands for. <laughs> I thought it was Kentucky class. Kentucky Pride Confidence. Hmm. <laughs> All right, the answers are in for our second last question here. Question number six. What happened in Woburn, Massachusetts that made the news in November 2022? The Lindsay Lohan movie Christmas on the Farm 2 was filmed. It was discovered that a sex doll smuggling ring was based there, with an estimate of over half a million illegal sex dolls in circulation having arrived in America through the Woburn post office. A flock of turkeys intimidated residents of the town, stopping many of them from leaving their homes. Fish fell from the sky during a violent storm, or a lamp was said to be haunted after it remained on despite being unplugged from the wall. It was later discovered it also had a battery pack. (laughs) One of Mm. these made the news just just last year. The fish falling from the sky one is one I've heard recently. I think about Australia. I think I heard it happening in Australia. That There was a, I don't know, or maybe not, but I remember hearing it recently that fish got sucked up into a tornado, not a tornado, but something like that, and then rained back down. I think that shit happens. Or maybe I'm just thinking of the movie Magnolia where that happens at the end with frogs, a.k.a. mountain chickens. (laughs) <laughs> but it feel I don't yeah it feels that's in my mind um it can't be sex dolls right <laughs> it can't be I don't yeah what well, Woburn it would be it'd be a real boon for the town you know <laughs> yeah I wonder what the population there in Woburn is to be the mecca for illegal sex dolls. <laughs> and what, how are sex dolls illegal? I thought, like, yeah, what, what, what is it what about, about them? them? Yeah. <laughs> They've got a certain modification to them, okay? I'll, I can't say any more than that. Uh, oh. It's a population of about 40,000. Okay. How many sex dolls were at the post office? Half a million. <laughs> Over half a million. Over wow. half a million. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's like 1.25 illegal sex dolls per house. You'd think everyone in the town must be working in the operation. Yeah, for sure. Wow. This is this goes right to the top. <laughs> yeah. The mayor's the mayor, involved. The mayor of Woburn. <laughs> um, i got to hear him again. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry. I need to hear him all again. It's, this it's, is... getting, it's still getting progressively more stressful. <laughs> yeah. This is an, a nail biter. So, we've got the Lindsay Lohan movie Christmas on a Farm 2 being filmed. Uh, the sex doll smuggling ring, the flock of turkeys intimidating <laughs> residents of the town, fish mm. falling from the sky, or the supposed haunted lamp. I'm going haunted lamp. I'm Locking going turkeys. Turkeys for Cam, lamp for Kirsty. All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. The Lindsay Lohan movie Christmas on the Farm 2 was filmed. That was Cam James. Oi, <laughs> big Lindsay Lohan fan. He's a big cinephile. I love her. <laughs> Fans of Cam will know. He does a whole movie podcast. Mm -hmm. He knows movies. I know heaps of movies. I'm nervous about our final question, which is- (laughs) Me too. Movie related. (laughs) I feel sick. (laughs) Uh, The Sex Doll Smuggling Ring. That was written by Emmy, uh, aka The House. Another Emmy coming your way for that writing. (laughs) Great story, yeah. Uh, the fish falling from the sky during a violent storm. That was Kirsty Weebeck. Wow. Did did it happen in Australia recently or something? Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah. It, it happens all over the world. Yeah. All, all, all the time. Right. Like, like, yeah, just getting sucked up into a storm cell. So, mm. but the news loves it, right? They love it. That would be weird. A weird thing to experience. I imagine being slapped in the face by <laughs> trout while you're just trying to make your way home in the rain. Like, <laughs> it's no good. Did it? <laughs> 
There were, I did a, a do-go-on episode years ago, which was vaguely related, called the Kentucky Meat Shower, where just random meat fell down on a town. And they, <laughs> Is it? Wasn't they the Kentucky Meat Shower <laughs> the name of the romance novel? <laughs> Yes. 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 <laughs> Maybe you should be Chucky Chuckles, Kirsty. Take that, Colonel. Because that oh, is good no. stuff. <laughs> that is good stuff. Chucky Chuckles strikes again. Can't deny it. Incredibly, incredibly jealous of your form there. That was really good stuff. <laughs> Uh, then we had the the haunted lamp that was written by the house. So Kirsty wow. gives a point to the house there. Oh no! Meaning the correct answer was a flock of turkeys intimidated <laughs> residents of the town. Do you what? know that was my gut feeling as well was the turkey one. But then I was like, is it Albuquerque turkey? Oh like, right, yeah. You know, I spooked myself. <laughs> you think uh, Emmy was sitting at home going, "What rhymes with my city?" Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, God, I've got to get out of people's brains. Mine's a a lot more complex than... You're playing 3D chess against no one right now. (laughs) All right. So, uh, that's insane. That that really happened? That's so crazy. Yeah. And it... um, I'll I'll talk about it a little bit more in a second. Uh, But first, I'll give you your... Final question. So the final question comes from Paul Meller from Oldham in the UK. And Paul's question is, what is the synopsis of the 1972 film The Asphyx? What is the synopsis of the 1972 <laughs> film The Asphyx? <laughs> the Asphyx. Now, are you laughing because this is one of your favourites? or <laughs> My absolute favourite. Watch it every weekend. What? We're a big Asphyx household. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell it? <laughs> A-S-P-H-Y-X. Okay. Uh, While your answers are being written, here's some more information about the Woburn turkeys. According to Adam Gabbett, writing for The Guardian, it's the time of year when millions of turkeys across the US might justifiably fear for their safety. But in one Massachusetts town, the birds have turned the tables, ganging up to terrorise residents with pecks, kicks, and loud clucking. People in Woburn, northwest of Boston have been subjected to a barrage of attacks and intimidation by a group of five wild turkeys, with the situation forcing some to take up improvised weapons and residents reporting being trapped in their homes. The turkeys, led by a male bird nicknamed Kevin, arrived two years ago. Initially, the birds were docile, but as time passed, they have become ever more pugnacious, leaving Woburners fearful for their safety and forced to adapt their behaviour. Local Megan Tolson, who lives in Woburn, said, They peck at cars, they stop traffic, they go after kids on bikes. If you're walking or jogging or anything like that, they come for you. Tolson said she has even found herself trapped in her home by the birds. Some days it's frustrating. I'll be like, oh my God, there's an Amazon package and I can't go get it because the turkeys are there and they're watching. Then I just have to wait until nightfall. I've kind of adjusted over time to it. I know their routine now, so I can kind of work around them. <laughs> so while she now has to live her life based on the schedule of some turkeys. <laughs> Tolson blames Kevin, distinguishable as the only male in the group, by his impressive size and elaborate tail plumage for the group's behaviour, noting that when Kevin is absent, the female turkeys tend to leave people and cars alone. The women are more mellow and not so territorial. But I think he kind of amps them up to get them going to chase people. But they're never the instigators, Tolson said. When Kevin's not around, they'll actually just mind their own business and walk away from you. 
Frightened residents have made calls to the police, and Tolson said officers sometimes show up and shush the birds away. But once the law is left, the turkeys resume their reign of terror. The birds also appear to have bulked up in recent months, Tolson said, making them even more intimidating. These turkeys are like Thanksgiving ready, she said. When Kevin goes after you, he can kick pretty good. Despite all the trouble, Tolson said she wishes the birds no ill will. When I don't see them for a couple of days, I think, oh no, someone's run them over, she said. I mean, yeah, they can be a pain sometimes, but you know, they're just turkeys. I think that's beautifully put by Megan. All right, here is the final question. Remembering, this is triple points. Hmm. So, you know, you could get six points here, meaning it is truly anyone's game. What is the synopsis of the 1972 film The Asphyx? A young British archaeologist mines a hidden tomb beneath the Sphinx known as the Asphyx, which leads to dire consequences for all involved. A scientific experiment fails, leaving the instigator, Professor George Banks, in a permanent state of asphyxiation in this laugh-out-loud-ahead-of-its-time black comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Ahead of its time! (laughs) How? This movie was doing asphyxiation gear way before everyone else. Yeah, I feel like a hack now. (laughs) Uh, A gentleman photographer in Victorian England, Sir Hugo Cunningham, searches for immortality by trying to literally bottle up the spirit of the dead at the moment of people's death. A group of students travel to Greece for a two-week trip. While there, they visit a museum and subsequently fall ill one by one, struggling to breathe and eventually dying. The remaining students must work out how to reverse the curse before they too die. Hmm. Or low-level thief Rod Huck, played by John Voight, finds himself in possession of a piece of film that allegedly shows the identity of the assassin responsible for the murder of JFK. Huck becomes caught in a vast conspiracy between the mafia, the CIA, and one US senator, played by Gene Hackman, out to take him down. Okay, Cameron James. <laughs> so you've got. What are you? What are you implying? <laughs> what are you implying? <laughs> it felt more full on than implying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just come so- out and say it. If you've got something to say, just say it. Say it to my face. Mm. <laughs> so, just briefly, we'll go through them all again. You've got the British archaeologist uh, who gets the some sort of a, a curse. Then you've got the failed scientific experiment, which was a movie ahead of its time. <laughs> Laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, the photographer in Victorian England who's trying to literally bottle up the spirit of the dead to get immortality group of students traveling to greece they have to try and reverse the curse before they also die or the low-level thief rod huck uh, unraveling the jfk murder conspiracy hmm Oof. um was the photographer one described as a gentleman photographer a gentleman photographer yeah. hmm. interesting that's very flowery which makes me feel <laughs> like it's fake <laughs> <laughs> but but maybe I mean I'm 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 leaning more towards the gentleman photographer and the students going to Greece. Yep. Um for some reason I don't know why but they're sticking out at me. Uh 
Wow. So the gentleman photographer is capturing the spirits of people as they're dying. Yeah, bottling, trying to use, bottling. use that for his own immortality. Uh-huh. And That's the, and the Greece students are being plagued by a curse that's killing them off one by one via via asphyxiation. Yes. I want to go with Greece. Greece is the word. Okay, in Greece for Cam. That rules that one out for you, Kirsty. I assume if you're sticking by that rule. Kirsty. (laughs) (laughs) This is spooky. That, I just got a shiver down my spine. Almost like Patty O'Hare was walking in my grave. I'm going to go with the photographer. Photographer for Kirsty. So, you were following similar logic to Cam there? Yeah. And Cam ruled Greece out for me. (laughs) My own own rule. (laughs) And what was wrong with the last one, the JFK conspiracy? That one sounded pretty good. Yeah, that one sounded incredible. That sounded like a real movie buff had written it. (laughs) (laughs) It did stand out as probably the one that sounded the most like a real movie, which would normally make you think that's the one you'd guess. But Kirsty wasn't playing that game. I wasn't going to be tricked by the snake in the grass again. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Kirsty, you were spot on. That was Cam's answer. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Was it? Was my problem? I want to analyze my gameplay. Was um casting two actors in my synopsis the giveaway, or I and that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, John Voight. I was like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it? Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. <laughs> it's in They're the a couple of cinephile heroes, aren't they? <laughs> they were irreappropriate. That's so funny. All right. You got me. <laughs> right away. I get 18 bonus points for, for exposing Ken. <laughs> feel like I'm wrapped up in a vast conspiracy. <laughs> Uh, we had the young British archaeologist mining a hidden tomb. That was written by Paul Meller, a.k.a. The House. Hey. As was the scientific experiment failing, which was a laugh out loud ahead of its time. Black <laughs> comedy, which I love that work from Paul. Mm. Ahead of its time. <laughs> laugh out loud ahead of its time. Black comedy. I'm definitely going to borrow that for a future episode. <laughs> yeah, you should. Uh, a group of students travel to Greece for a two-week oh, no. trip. That was written by Kirsty Weeback. Oh, no, meaning Kirsty also got the correct answer. A gentleman photographer oh, in Victorian England. Whoa. Meaning Kirsty gets maximum points there. Oh, I've maxed it. The comeback kid. <laughs> uh, just quickly, the Asphyx got mixed reviews, uh, scoring sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, in the forty percent from the viewers, though. It was more of a critics film than a <laughs> your average Joe film. But the lead actor, does this guy mean anything to you, Cam? Robert Stevens? An English actor? <laughs> no. But he, he, Cam only knows John Voight and <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm looking him up right now. I don't know. What's he in? What do we what do we know him from? Nothing well, I know. I'll tell you so. He got very, this role got very different reviews. I'll read out a couple of snippets of reviews of this film that mention mm. him. Uh, reviewer Ian Berryman was right into Robert Stevens' work in this film writing, What stops the film from sliding into irredeemable silliness is the performance of Robert Stevens, one of those dependable British thesps you can mm. always rely on to pull out all the stops. 
Wow. Whereas another critic, Jeff Andrew, writes, the film degenerates into formula and farce with Stephen's theatrical delivery adding the mortal blow. Wow, yeah, I'm looking at his credits now. Big stage guy, a lot of Shakespeare. I, I hear his King Lear was the toast of the West End. Whoa. Yeah, people are loving him. He played Falstaff. God, this guy, yeah, I love him. I'd cast him in my movie opposite John Voight for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Gene Hackman, you're out. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's do a final score check uh, in... Equal second place, we had Cam on five points and the house on five points. Cam, now can you tell listeners a bit more info about your big show coming up? Sure, yeah. I'm. Uh, it's a show I toured last year. It's called Electric Dreams. It's uh, stories and <laughs> how do I explain it? I've had two years to figure out how to pitch this show. <laughs> I never quite landed on the right way to sell it. Um when I was a teenager, I wrote a lot of songs and I played in bands and I wanted to be a serious musician. And for this show, I have dug out a bunch of those old songs and I play them live. And they're very earnest and very serious songs written by a 15-year-old. And I tell the stories behind them. And it's um, it's truly an exercise in cringe and embarrassment <laughs> and coming of age. Um, it would be a beautiful film adaptation with Robert Stevens, I think, if if we could ever get <laughs> any lead. Or you playing your father? Playing a 15-year-old boy, I think. <laughs> he could do it. He's really good. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm doing, um, I'm doing One Night in Melbourne on April 15, and then I'm also doing Sydney, One Night in Sydney and Two Nights in Brisbane, and I feel feel like that's going to be it. I think I might be done with the show after that. So, I'd really love it if people would come along and check it out. I wasn't- I think we clashed last year and then I tried to see you in Sydney and it was already sold out when I was standing at the ticket booth. So, Uh, I think I'm finally going to get to see it this year in Melbourne. I'm really, really excited. Oh, man. I'd love to see you there. It's at the beautiful time of 4.30 in the afternoon. So, I'm in my matinee era. Like I'm here for a four thirty show. Yep. How good Big is time. it? Yes, let's. Every, the comedy festival should just be an afternoon thing. Big time. Big time. So keen. Can I just quickly say as well that I had a show on after Cam's show last year at Perth Comedy Festival. So I caught his show, and it's so great. And it got nominated for most outstanding show at Melbourne International Comedy Festival last year as well, which Cam would absolutely not say on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he shuns the awards. Yeah, and the whole, he shuns what? that whole world, doesn't what? he? Well, what, no, it's, it, you, you know, you, you've got to be humble in comedy, don't you? you got to be other, humble. Other, other people don't have to be humble on your behalf, though. So the point is that Cam's show is really, really great and I've you should absolutely get along. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. I'm so pumped guys. to say it. Thank you so much. And yeah. Kirsty, I'm already hearing great word about your new show yeah thanks mate. i've been very words. vocal about it <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're doing the full run in melbourne you're going to canberra you're going to perth and what what uh, where can people see it or, and, or hear more about and it? brisbane yeah yeah and brizzy and sydney um uh on my website all the tickets and stuff are at kirstywebeck.com um so you can see the dates and the venues like across the whole country 
Um, is the just, title accurate? Is it just a bit of fun? No, I undersold it. Um, I, I called it a bit of fun before I wrote it, and then I accidentally wrote a really, really fun show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should have a, a lot of fun. fun. A lot. Yeah, a, a huge amount of fun. So I cooked that, but... Um, I think it's good to manage people's expectations. Comedians are, <laughs> they have to be understated. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, under promise and over deliver, yeah. I think. Yes. So. <laughs> and I, you know what, Kirsty, I'll say this about you. you. You are a lot of fun. You are, <laughs> you are a very fun comedian. You're a blast to watch. Everyone should go. Everyone. Thanks, mate. That's Everyone. very kind. Thank you. <laughs> what time are you on in Melbourne? I'm on at 6 p.m. Which yes. I'm thrilled about. We clash. I'm on at six thirty, unfortunately. Oh, early oh no. shows. Early shows but, are where it's at these days. Oh it, mate, a hundred percent. I got to to begin with, I got offered like seven ten or seven fifteen. And I was like, I'm not party boy Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, what a great reference. <laughs> but you will party tonight, Kirsty, because you have come out in front on eight points. The celebration will never stop. <laughs> can't believe it. Absolutely coming from the clouds. Wow. I, I can't believe it either. I, yeah, I've never been more stressed in my life, but I triumphed in the end. <laughs> so people should definitely see Kirsty's show, Camp Show, and my show, Ding. I'm also doing this podcast live in Melbourne at what's the Euro now being called? It's called something new and I keep forgetting mm, what it's called. Yeah, oh. it has a weird name. I can't remember what it is either. Let's just keep calling it the Euro. It's the Euro. I still call mm. Max Watts Hi-Fi. I can't yeah, help myself. me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know it had a new name. I've been kept in the dark about this. It's, yeah, it's called something house. Like, Oh, was this? I think it's happening now. Like it's closed like now the, for renovation. Yeah, for renovation. Yeah. Carl hasn't... Is this Carl's way of phasing me out from booking me? <laughs> Changing the venue name. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I'm doing the, this podcast also in Brisbane at the Brisbane Comedy Festival in May. So pretty excited for that. I think uh, I've got Nick Mason's going to be doing the Melbourne one, and I know I know he's always very good fun. Yes, he's a bit of fun. He's a bit of fun. Yeah, he's a bit of fun. Yeah, I don't want to oversell Mason. Don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> too much pressure. And mm. uh, yeah, uh, please follow these two. Go see their shows. But that is all we have time for. Thanks so much for joining us, Cam and Kirsty. And uh, now that you've listened to the show, who knew it with Matt Stewart? You now know it. And I've been Matt Stewart. I forget how I sign off, but anyway, something like that. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> No All right, sorry, can you explain it one so. more time? Because now I am genuinely confused. And you can cut he, this out. Yeah, I've got, I, I think, will cut this I out. I think Matt think. needs to explain it to you for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 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 Jesus, fuck, what the fuck am I going to write? Jesus, fuck. <laughs> thagomizer. Thagomizer. What the fuck is a thagomizer? <laughs> 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 No visual. You're on. You, you know. You, you're in the shoes of our listeners now uh, for our new podcast describing cartoons. Did you? Did you I say? I don't know if that's catchy enough name. But. <laughs> Toon Talk. Oh, Toon Talk is great. Toon Talk. Can I have that? Yeah, Toon Talk. Really good. <laughs> Alexi just asked, "Who's on with Cam?" I said, "Kirsty Weebeck." He said, "Nice. Weebeck is great on your pod." <sighs> 
Thanks, mate. <laughs> Are you going to leave this in? Because this is good. Thanks, Alexi. Thanks for Thanks, engaging. Alexi. It means it means a lot to me. I just got a poster quote, I think. I'll have to paraphrase it. <laughs> just Weebeck is great, dot, dot, dot. That's all you need. Cut out the rest. Are we getting cancelled over the Irish one? We couldn't have backtracked more. Right. Right. <laughs> we st- we said we were going to start a Gaelic football club. <laughs> if that's not re- if that's not repenting, I don't know what is. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.